0: Bonjour, this is Michael Ian Cedar from The Legacy of You, and this is The Legacy of You podcast, hence I think you figured that one out already. But you know what? Just in case you're driving and you're on a road and you don't know where you are, I'm glad I'm able to tell you right here and right now that uh, this is built for you. This is designed for you. I am obsessed with The Legacy of You, truly. like uh, I'm not saying I'm obsessed with my company or my company's name. I truly am obsessed that as individuals, we have these unique blueprints and fingerprints and snowflakes that we are and what's important to me is that we all get to utilize that uniqueness and one of the n- more interesting quirky fun interviews i've ever done is with uh leslie polizotto co-founder of the donut project here uh, in new york city down in the village um if you've never heard of this place just google gts google that sh- fish is nizzle yo um the donut project and and you want to talk about just getting blown away by what a donut looks like these guys did it but they took a risk they're like you know in in who who's got the who's going to take that kind of risk who to 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 open a brand new kind of donut shop in a city like New York it sounds a little bit crazy to me but you know what here's two people two total strangers co-founders of the donut project who met who have contrasting skills, and they've created something amazing. They had the Donut Project inside of them. It's something, it's a vehicle that helps them expose that source inside of themselves, that soul, that voice. And you've got that same thing too, not the Donut Project, but you've got something, the You Project. Oh, maybe that's a good idea as I riff this off. So enjoy this interview with Leslie Polizotto from The Donut Project. I'm here with Leslie Polizotto, co-founder with Troy Nail of The Donut Project. The Donut Project is located in the West Village here in New York City. They are a super, very hip, trendy, gourmet donut shop that utilizes their creativity in everything they do, from the flavor of their donut to the interior design of the shop. Today, I got to ask one of the co-founders of this great establishment about their origins and how creativity played a giant role getting this donut project off the ground. Just the artistry in here is awesome. Yeah. Like I said to you, I walk in and I feel like I'm invited. Yeah. I feel like this is a place to sit and just talk and create and, yeah. and be creative. Yeah. So uh, give a shout out. Who, who's the artists here?
1: Well, the two uh, main artists that I want to definitely recognize is BNS Watt, who did the uh, mural behind you and also does the um, prints that are in front right here. And we actually sell those. Because I had bought his prints when we were, I was like, these would be perfect for the shop. And then the other is the Johnny Cash stencil. It's a friend of mine, Trip Derek Barnes, who's a local artist here. And um, I worked with him on a commission for a development in New Jersey. And he did that. he gave us that for free. So I took when we opened our shop. So
0: Did you like Johnny Cash? Yes. Or, so you like Johnny yeah, Cash? Yeah,
1: well he was like, What stencil do you want? And Troy and I were like, Okay, we want somebody cool. We don't want anybody controversial and, and so we were like I was like, Hey man, what about Johnny Cash? And he's like, Yeah, and it was so funny when he delivered the painting. Johnny Cash was playing on, in in this shop. No way! Yes! <laughs> oh, that's, that's a, see,
0: that. that's a sign to itself yeah. that it's the yeah. right thing. So you have like Johnny Cash, you have Star Wars going, you have you know uh, graffiti, you have art, like you have a mixed medium of things happening uh, in the shop.
1: Yes, um, the vibe we were going through was Paris art salon meets urban street art. Um, that's why we have chandeliers and marble and smoked glass and gilded frames because. Uh, art used to be shown in Paris in Mm -hmm. salons and they would be you know paintings stacked up against the wall like really basically on top of each other and the more important artists you were the lower you were down on on eye view so if you were way up you weren't an important artist so that was the kind of the combination of uh, aesthetic we were going for.
0: And why did you want to go for that particular aesthetic? Did you want to show this is a place to create? Did you want to just show that it's it's sort of free-for-all and there's chaos out of order? What was it you wanting to show?
1: Well interestingly we when Troy and I were writing our business plan we had a completely different concept. Troy wanted it to be and it started with the logo the logo is very clean and he wanted it to almost be like an Apple store when you came in mm-hmm. and we that's the kind of concept we were going it was gonna be sleek and white and really you know like futuristic and we were meeting with our architect and he was like you know what everybody's got white everybody's got the you know Apples Apple's Apple. Why would you want to look like Apple? Right. And he was like, what do you think about graffiti? And I was like, That's wow, because cool. my undergrad is in art history. And I'm like, I'm totally about art. And I was like, that makes perfect sense.
0: How did it even come about that you said, let's do a donut shop, right? Because <laughs> where did that even come from?
1: Well, I was actually living in California at the time, and I was practicing law, and my husband, his major client, he's in real estate development, and his major client was here in New York, and I have always been in love with New York, and any time I could kind of scooch along on the trip, I would do it. My firm had an office here, so I would be like, oh, I'm going to work in the New York office, you know, Friday, Saturday, or whatever. And uh, we would go to Italy, and yep. we like to sit at the bar yeah. at Monzo, my husband and I, when we eat, we like to sit at the bar, because you can talk to each other better, right. and Troy, my Future business partner was the bartender behind uh, the bar at Eastleigh. Great guy, charismatic. Instantly fell in love with him. Super cool. And he, he, you know, we would come back and see him on our trips to New York. And um, he told me one one of the times he said, "I want to open a donut shop." And I said, "Oh my God, I love donuts!" And I pulled out my phone and showed him pictures of donuts. <laughs> and mind you, they were ones with sprinkles on them. Uh-huh, and he was uh-huh. like, "Oh, I don't want to do sprinkles." And I'm like that's cool. I, I love donuts. I love any kind of donut. And so he goes, well, I, you know, I said, if you're serious about this donut shop, I'm moving to New York soon and I'd like to maybe get involved. And I think he thought I was just going to like be an investor and right. like, throw money at it. But, um, once I moved to New York, um, I was going to stay with my firm, but then the office had a, a slowdown and they were like, we don't have any work for you right now. So I took the bar, passed it thinking I was going to, you know, take you know you have to take the bar in New York yeah Um, it's not reciprocal and I was kind of waiting for my results I found out I passed and I was like the whole time I was waiting for my results my husband was like do whatever you want to do you don't have to do law you weren't very happy with it at the end of your journey in California so why not take this time to figure out what you want to do so I was like well I love art I love food I'm so obsessed with food I mean my entertainment is going out to eat
0: oh absolutely Yep. My
1: life. <laughs> when I'm not here, that's what I'm doing.
0: That's how I found my wife. We both <laughs> like to eat. We're like, you like to eat, I like to eat. Let's get married. Yeah, really, So I,
1: <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what? Um, I might get involved in that donut shop thing with Troy. That's so, funny. so, Troy actually switched jobs, and I lost contact with him. And I somehow reconnected with him. It was all like all these things kind of happened that brought us together. And he he was bringing me making me like test donuts. He had been making donuts out of his apartment. You know, for years perfecting the recipe. And I you know, I ate the donuts, I'm like, oh my god, I love these. And I was like, you know what? I wanna do the do the, the donut shop with you. So we wrote a business plan, we spent many long hours writing a business plan, and then the hard part was raising capital. Yeah. Neither yeah, one yeah, of us yeah. are chefs, neither one yeah. of us have owned our own business. What the heck do we know about opening a shop in Manhattan? The largest failure rate for any business there is. Yep. Fortunately, after you know, about a year and a half, we had the, the amount of money we needed to start spending. And we found this beautiful space and started renovations and opened October 15th, 2015.
0: Did you get resistance from other people saying like, why would you do that? You're gonna fail? Like, What was the feedback you were hearing from Well
1: we, we kind of thought we had a different niche yeah. um, because our flavors are inspired by food and cocktails. And so they're much more sophisticated than Captain Crunch or Sprinkles. And, and it, it is completely different. Um, we did get some pushback when we were asking, you know, meeting with people who had money, with yeah. investors, you know, oh, the donut scene is already there. What? How are you going right. to make it? And But we had people who believed in our concept, and I believed in the concept. it's why I decided to do it, yeah. which was Troy. I mean, Troy gave up his job as a bartender making lots of money, and oh. I gave up my job to do this. Right. I mean, we both really took a huge leap. You can only do that when you have people who are supportive of Correct. You know, I, I have to say, if it wasn't for my husband, I'd probably still be a lawyer right, right now because how else would I have done it? You know, you have to really sever ties and, and start and it's full time. You know, you can't just dabble in owning a business.
0: Figuring out, well, how do I get a business in New York and how do I find investors? That's part you're finding. Yeah. Those are finding solutions because you said you didn't know how to do that when you started, right? Well,
1: it's kind of, I always say, if it wasn't for Troy, there wouldn't be a donut shop. Right. And then we also say, if it wasn't for me, there wouldn't be a donut Correct. shop. Correct. Correct. You need to, when you're starting a business, you need to partner with someone who has skills that you do not have. Mm-hmm. I bring structure and kind of um, planning to the business and Troy is much more um, kind of creative and you know he's kind of the dreamer and mm-hmm. I'm kind of the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. And so together, we, we work really well together.
0: You hear this a lot, like surround yourself with people with skills you don't have. Like you, right. in all the business books and all the, the self-help books, that's what it
1: says.
0: <laughs> and you know, I as I was wanting to grow this blog and, and my business, I kept surrounding myself with people who were like me because it's comfortable, right? right. It's comfortable to be like, oh, you're like me, let's 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 work together, right. the, you know? But the second I started bringing people who like, I was like, you do not think like me, we exploded. So here's the team right there, right? <laughs> These people have a set of skills that I do not have whatsoever. Going from law to the donut shop, you know, we talked about the business plan, but for you was it scary to take the leap or because you have the support, was it always a need to do?
1: I was very scared because I've always worked for somebody else. You know, you go in your office, yep. you know what you have to do, you sit down, you read, you write, you do whatever you need to do and being an entrepreneur and owning your own business is completely the opposite. Uh, you have to figure out what needs to be done and you, you have to do everything. And fortunately, you know, my husband's owned his own business for a very long time and mm-hmm. he was like, why don't you try to have your own business? And I'm like, oh no, I'm used to, you know, going into an office and knowing everything that I have to do that day and he encouraged me to just kind of take the leap. All right. and. So it was very scary
0: for me. Right. But I would never go back. And- right. <laughs> right. Let's say there is somebody who is scared to take that leap to whatever it is, yeah. whether it's leave their job, get a new job, get a, ask you know ask for a promotion, or, or just to get more creative and get their voice out or their art. You know, this is your guy's art. You know, even if the structure's not there, how does someone lean through that? I am so scared because you have the support. Yes. What if you don't? What if you don't have that internal support with the person that's closest to you? How do you move through that space?
1: I think you take it a little at a time. I was fortunate enough that I was like, okay, I need no longer need to draw the salary of an attorney and I right. can open this shop. Um, that's the easy way. If you don't have that support, then you're gonna have to try to do it on top of what you already do. And just dabble and learn as much as you can about this, this field or idea that you have. So and connect with people who are in that field. Mm -hmm. You're just going to have to do it slowly. You can't can't be like, "Oh, I'm quitting my job today, and now I don't know how I'm going to pay rent." So, I mean, it has to be very thought out, planned. You you have to have a plan.
0: You want to take enough risk that you don't put yourself at complete jeopardy, but but take enough risk that you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to move forward. Just give yourself enough so that until you're comfortable to go full to do it all all the way. I mean,
1: you do have to take. You have to be a little bit naive and, and do take some form of a leap because. We probably were crazy to do what we did here. But, yeah. But um, it just so happens that it it actually we have a good product. Yep. Our shop is an experience. We're we're not like any other donut shop. You come in there, you know, you see the beautiful art. We we you normally know, have music playing, cool movies. When you walk in, you're immediately greeted.
0: It's not about a donut, it's about an experience. Correct. With a remarkable donut behind it, right? Exactly.
1: And you, it's all And The foundation is the donut. We have to have a good donut. Right. You could have all of this, and if you have crappy donuts, it's not going to work. for are twice as happy. So, so
0: so to be creative, you got to take that leap.
1: Yeah. You, you have take to take leap. that
0: leap one way or another, with, but with the risk-to-reward ratio right. in place. Yeah. Well, and, and you
1: have to have, be willing to work hard. It doesn't, it's not easy.
0: Right. How'd you get your exposure? How do people know about you?
1: Well, we have not spent one penny on marketing or advertising. Um, All of our exposure has come through social media, uh, specifically Instagram. And when we first started, we had 700 followers and we have, uh, I think we're right at 42 right now, 42,000. Wow.
0: How do you come up with a beet donut?
1: The beet donut was inspired by a beet salad. My partner, Troy, and his wife were at a restaurant and he was eating a beet salad and he had bread in one hand and he said, this would make a great donut.
0: That's so funny. When you have an idea for a donut, how do you, do you write it down, do you share a list? What do you do?
1: We do a lot of testing when we have a new flavor. Sometimes they come together very quickly, like our espresso and milk chocolate, and then sometimes we spend weeks and weeks and weeks testing like our carrot pistachio, which was a pain, but we finally got it right. So it just depends. You do a lot of testing, and then once you have the recipe down, we document that recipe.
0: What's your favorite donut?
1: My favorite donut is the everything donut. It's the cream cheese glaze with the everything bagel toppings. I adore it. That sounds so good. What, <laughs>
0: which donut did you think was the scariest to put out in the world?
1: Well, we back in April, we did a donut series called Meat Week. And every day at lunchtime, we had a donut that had some form of meat on it.
0: <laughs> and what, what was the craziest meat you've ever put on a donut?
1: We edited our peanut butter and jelly, and the peanut butter had foie gras in it.
0: Which donut is most scary for people to try, that they're like, oh, I dare you to eat that donut?
1: On our normal list, it's the beet ricotta. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, I hate beets, I hate beets, And, and I'm like, well, try this donut, you'll love beets. And it's funny because little kids will come in and, and little girls and they'll be like, I want that one, it's pink. And I'm like, it's beet ricotta. And the mom would be like, you won't like it, you won't like it. And the little girl would be like, I want it, I want it. And then she'll get it and she'll eat it. And I'm like, you're welcome, your daughter is
0: <laughs> Do you ever worry about what other donut shops are doing?
1: Um, I don't worry about what they're doing. I do look at their Instagram feeds and... Interesting enough, I've had a couple of ideas for donuts and then I would see someone else do it. And we, my my partner Troy and I always joke when people come in that they're spies. <laughs> we're like spy. So we don't talk about um, so you have molds.
0: We don't There's donut molds. We don't world. talk yeah.
1: about any people are like, "Oh, what's your next donut?" And we're like, <laughs> oh, I'm "Not telling you."
0: If you had a microphone for 15 if you had a microphone that reached the entire world, for 15 seconds, you can speak to everyone in the world for 15 seconds, what would you tell them?
1: I would tell them to come to the Donut Project on 10 Morton Street in Manhattan and uh, buy some donuts.
0: What do you think people should eat with, uh, what do you think people should have with a donut?
1: Beautiful Brooklyn Roasting Company coffee, our donut project special blend.
0: Oh wow, they made one just for you? Yeah, we're special. That's cool.
1: Can't come to our shop in the West Village? You can have us delivered straight to your door. We are on Uber Eats. Caviar, Postmates, DoorDash, Sweetest.
0: When I originally went to film, because this is a a video if you actually want to check out the video, this, we, um, I was dieting at the time and I still ate the donuts and man, for the rest of the day, I was like in a sugar coma. You've got to check it. I'm not kidding. This is not like an advertisement. You've got to check it out. Just the photos, if nothing else. But that beet donut, I think we talked, they should talked about it in, in the interview there. Um, one of the most remarkable things I've ever put in my mouth, all right, no, no, no snarky comments back on that statement. The best thing you can do, the thing that turns me on is when you send me an email, michael at thelegacyofyou.com and let me know at least one takeaway from that conversation I had with Leslie. Uh, I love to know how you get impacted by these role models that I have on the show. Uh, it's just great so looking forward to inspiring you at the next legacy of you podcast and i'll hear more from you later at the legacy michael at the legacy of you and you can join me more at the legacy the legacy of you on instagram the legacy of you on facebook and um inside of that spirit you got to see you there